if you knew you only had six months left to live, what do you think you would focus your time and your energy on? This kind of hypothetical scenario, which I'm sure we've been presented with before, it can seem a little bit morbid to some, right? But uh, it can also be very helpful for giving us some perspective. What it really raises is the question of values. What values are most meaningful and most important to you? What are the aspects of your life that bring the most significance, that enable you to flourish, to live your best life? From hearing people's responses to this question over the years, I've come to realise that we're actually not as different as we may think we are from one another. You know, I've, I've never in all my time hearing people respond to this question. I've never heard anyone say, oh, look, if I had six months to live, I'd, I'd work harder for sure, you know. I'd put in more hours at work or, or, or I'd, uh, I'd buy more investments, right, or, or I'd play more computer games or, or, or I'd go on more shopping sprees at Chatty. Right? I've never heard anyone talk about those kinds of values. What people tend to talk about is the value of spending more quality time with friends and with family. The significance of passing on perspectives and uh, experiences and stories. They talk about taking time to appreciate the, the, the beautiful things around them. It's good for us to reflect often on our values because usually our, our Higher values will remind us of what true flourishing really looks like. And then, of course, the important follow-up question is, well, how much of my time and energy is actually given to what I say is most valuable, most important to me? Now, St Paul was someone who quite clearly wrestled with this question of values in his own life. And in our second reading today, he says... I believe nothing can happen, positive or negative, that will outweigh the supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. You hear values? Uh, For him, I have accepted the loss of everything, and I look on everything as so much rubbish. (laughs) If only I can have Christ and be given a place in him. Christ, for St. Paul, was uh, his greatest asset, his highest value. It was, Christ was the value that brought value to all the other aspects and dimensions of his life. Just before this passage, uh, St Paul gives us a little bit of background to help us to understand how he came to this conclusion. He says, if anyone could have confidence in his own capacity... If anyone could have confidence in his own success in life, it was me. And then he rattles off this list of why. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was a member of the people of Israel. I was from the tribe of Benjamin. I followed the religious law meticulously. I was zealous for God. In other words, Paul says, look, I had the right upbringing. I had the best education. I had the status. I was doing all the right things. I was a success in the eyes of others and in my own eyes. I had all the values that were apparently most important in life. 
But then I met Christ. And what he says here today is that by contrast, I now consider all that stuff that I put so much value in as rubbish because of what I found in him. All of that, all of those things that I put so much of my energy, my time and my, my importance in now seem almost worthless because of what I found in Christ. Now, apologies in advance for this very crude image, but this is what I thought of <laughs> as I reflected on this reading. Oh, I thought of ice cream. You know, uh, once upon a time, I honestly used to believe and, and think that uh, a McDonald's soft serve was ice cream, right? And, and I used to love it. It was 15 cents when it first came out. Anyone remember that? 15 cents soft serve cones. But then I was introduced to the world of gelato, right? And, 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 and after savouring that delightful gift from God, I had an epiphany. I realised I could never go back to that soft white stuff which you find at McDonald's, whatever that's called, Right? I'd now truly found ice cream, a whole new level of ice cream. This is what St. Paul is saying today, that in Christ I found a whole new flavour of life, a new set of values, a new heart, a new purpose, a new way of approaching life, and it cannot be compared to the way of living that doesn't have Christ in the middle of it. It's incomparable. Everything else is like rubbish compared to what I've found in him. Now, what is it exactly that Paul found in Christ? What was it that made everything else seem worthless? Well, the word I want to focus on today is freedom, because that's the theme that is running through all of our readings. And it's kind of ironic, isn't it? Because today St. Paul talks about being captured by Christ. Now, normally to be captured is the opposite to freedom, right? To be captured is, is to, be, to be held captive. And, and, and maybe some of us at the moment in our life feel held captive. Maybe there's a relationship in which you feel captive at the moment. Or maybe you feel uh, captive, you're held captive by uh, you know, your unfulfilled desires or, or um, by your, your, your sinfulness, those patterns of sin that you can't seem to break. Maybe you feel held captive by your fears and your anxieties. What we learn through St. Paul today is that the only way out of captivity, the only way to true freedom is actually to be captured by the love of Christ. And that's the experience of this woman in the gospel today. She'd been caught in the act of adultery. Serious sin, right? And at the time, that sin came with the punishment of stoning. So here she was, on full display for everyone to see, being shamed in public. And we don't know where the man was. That's a question for another day, right? But she was on her own. You can imagine her embarrassment. You can imagine the feeling of being condemned by everyone, pointing at her, looking at her, shaming her. And it wasn't just condemnation from others, it was no doubt also condemnation from herself. I mean, that's the worst kind of condemnation, isn't it? Often. We're our own worst, most harsh critics. 
The religious leaders, they were only too happy to, to shame her and condemn her because, after all, they were just following the law, right? They were doing what the law said. But when they tested Jesus to see what he would do, notice what he says. If there is one of you who is not sinned, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And then one by one, as they start to think of their own failures, they drop their judgment of this woman and they disappear. And in the end, it's only this woman and Jesus remaining. And that's fitting, right? Because Jesus is the only one who hasn't sinned. If he wanted to, he had every right to throw the stone at her. But what does he do? He does the opposite, doesn't he? Rather than taking the the, the high place of judgment, what does he do? He, He goes low. He goes to the low place, to the humble place, to, 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 the, to the compassionate place, and he looks up at her as if to acknowledge her dignity. And he gives her those most precious words of absolution. He says, has no one else condemned you? Well, neither do I. He sets her free. And he doesn't only set her free from her punishment, but he sets her free for a whole new life. He says, go and sin no more. Become new. Flourish. This woman had the deepest experience, the deepest human freedom of all. It's the freedom that comes from encountering the mercy of God. And this is the freedom that our world is crying out for. All of us, we all carry burdens, right? The burdens of our own failures and guilt and shame and regrets. And and all of that stuff, whether we realise it or not, is like spiritual plaque on our soul. It, it, It builds up. It inhibits our contact with God. It gets in the way of our flourishing. And whether we realise it or not, what we're all desperately needing is to hear those words of absolution from Jesus. The same words that the woman heard. Only God's mercy can bring true freedom to our soul, to our lives. Nothing, nothing or no one can liberate us like Christ can. That's why St Paul says that nothing can outweigh the supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus. Listen, he goes on, he says, I'm no longer trying for perfection by my own efforts, the perfection that comes from the law, but I want only the perfection that comes through faith in Christ and is from God and based on faith. See, this love and freedom that Paul found in Christ radically change the way that he approached his life and it can radically change ours too. What he's saying here is that I realise now that the path to true flourishing does not come through my own achievements but it comes through the achievements of Christ and the way that I access those achievements is not through my perfection but it's through humility and faith and trust in him. 
What a radical shift of mindset, huh? Imagine living that way. Christ freed Paul from himself. He freed him from his ego. He freed him from his self-reliance. He freed him from his own self-imposed limitations, which, which, is, which happens when you put yourself at the centre of your world. And that freedom opened Paul up to a whole new world of possibility and flourishing. And that's why we talk about him 2,000 years later. Because <laughs> he truly flourished. This is the freedom that makes all the difference in our lives. It's the freedom that comes from being captured by the love of Christ. This brings me to my key point for today. When we realise that Christ is the path to true freedom and true flourishing, we also appreciate the significance of his church. See, the church is the hope of the world. The reason it's the hope of the world is because it is the ongoing embodiment of Christ in our midst. Jesus founded the church so that all people in all times and in all places could come to know him and become like him and eventually be perfectly united with him in the fullness of God's kingdom, in the life of fullest flourishing, life how it's supposed to be. The church is where we access and we grow in the flourishing life of God. And this hopefully helps us to appreciate why in the church we talk about financial stewardship. And why today we're going, to, um, we're going to give you an opportunity to renew your commitment to stewarding the mission here in our parish. See, from the very beginning, Christians have always given so generously to the church. And it's never just been about like paying for the electricity and paying for the, for, for, for the utilities, right? It's never just been about, it's, it's never just been a practical purpose. The reason people over centuries has always given so generously to the church is because our giving enables us as the church to do what Jesus asked us to do and is to carry on his mission in the world, to build the kingdom of God, to bring to others the most important value that they could ever discover. We've been hearing so many humbling, beautiful, touching stories from people, not just around here, our neighbourhood, but from all over the world. People who, through our community, through our people, through our ministry, have discovered freedom and flourishing. It's, when I hear it, I just, I just think, wow, this is how the church is supposed to be. This is, this is Jesus' heart. This is his vision. But, you know, there's, there's so much more we could do. There's so many more people that we could reach out to, especially if we had the resources. And so today on our Stewardship Renewal Weekend, I want to encourage you to prayerfully consider how God is inviting you at this time in this year to contribute to his mission here at St Benedict's. We're going to suggest a few uh, 
options uh, for you to respond if you so desire in a moment. But before I do that, I'm just going to switch gears and I thought I'd just share a few points about our finances, hopefully to to help you to, to get a sense of where we're at at the moment. My first point is just to say that we're, we're not supported financially by the diocese. I think some people might think that, but we're actually totally self-sufficient here. We're, we, um, we're reliant on one another. This is our community and we're responsible. We pay the bills, right? Uh, we pay the mortgage and we pay everything else um, that, that, we, that we need um, in order to, to operate. Uh, 20 and 21, during all those lockdowns, we survived uh, mainly because of those who were on our automatic giving uh, and uh, those people who donated to us online. So thank you so much to everyone who falls into those categories and, and all the other people who came when they could in their five kilometre radius and stuck money in envelopes in, in, in our uh, letterbox up at the office. Uh, we had a slight reduction in giving in 2021, but we, we got through okay. Uh, 2022 budget, uh, our current loan is, um, is about 1.4 million. It's, uh, it's still decently sizable and, uh, and obviously um, that, it's, a, it's a fair cost for us every month. Uh, our staffing is very lean as it always has been, uh, heavily dependent on volunteers. Uh, and, and we're just at a, at a point now where our, our staff are so limited, that we're so full of work that, um, that we, we can't quite take on anymore, although there's much more we'd like to do. Uh, and, uh, and we're budgeted this year for, for a small profit or loss, um, give or take, depending on a few uh, circumstances. Uh, our goal for 2022 is to raise uh, our annual giving by 150000 which may sound a lot to some of us, but uh, when we sort of th throw all our money together, it's actually not that much. Um, uh, and, and here's some of the things we want to uh, spend that extra funding on. Uh, we wanna, we've got a plan for reaching out more to the local community, especially serving the needy. Uh, that will include uh, employing someone to help us with that work. Uh, we want to uh, continue our investment uh, in working with young children and youth and young families. We're already doing a lot of that, but there's just, there's just so much potential in that space. Uh, and um, we're working on the moment uh, on uh, planning for a renovation in Benedict House, which is three doors up to where our offices are. And uh, the plan is to turn that into a community hub, which is a very, very exciting project. Uh, we, I'll share it more about in the coming months. Uh, we also want to uh, invest more, more, more time in uh, our online outreach, because as you know, we've, you know, we've got quite an extensive uh, audience online and, and there's just so many opportunities to, to, just to reach out and, and to, especially to those who haven't really yet um, encountered the love of Christ. Uh, final point is uh, that all money from our stewardship program, this, this uh, renewal weekend, uh, goes towards our parish and mission, right? This is all going towards the first collection, which is uh, money for the parish. Uh, this is not, you know, I don't receive any benefit from uh, your generosity. Uh, if you want to support the parish, uh, the priests, uh, that's the second collection, which you can, you can place in that um, desk at the back. But this weekend really is about focusing on uh, the, our, the, um, our finances for, for our parish, it's for you, it's for your families, it's for our community, it's, it's for those um, that we're reaching out to. So how might you like to respond? Uh, I've got three suggestions for you. Uh, if you're not yet on our automatic giving uh, program, our, our, our stewardship program, uh, 
that would be the best way you can help is just, just jump on that. Uh, we've currently got 178 givers uh, and we have many more than 178 families and, and adults here. So um, I think, you know, hopefully we can increase that by 100 uh, over this weekend. That'd be great. Um, if you're already on the program, you might consider increasing your giving. Now you might uh, ask, and, and as some people do, is, well, how much do I give? You know, what's the, what's the guideline? And, and uh, my response to that is that there is no clear guideline in, in the New Testament, uh, but there is a general principle that we give generously, right? And the idea there is that um, God has given generously uh, in ways that we can never match, right? He's given his whole life for us. And, um, and so we, in response to that love and that goodness, uh, and as a way of trusting God and, and honouring what God is, has done in us and, and what God wants to do um, for others, we, we give generously in response, realising that everything that we have is God's gift to us, right? We're just stewards. That's why we call it the stewardship program. Uh, and so um, to give generously, to, that's why we call it sacrificial giving, right? That it, it, it is a sacrifice. It should, we should feel something in, in, in our giving uh, as opposed to just giving our scraps, right? Uh, thirdly, uh, there's some of us here who may be in a position to give a once-off lump sum donation. You know, from the beginning of the church, there, there has always been people who God has blessed with that capacity to make lots of money, and they just do it easy, right? <laughs> uh, so that might be you, and maybe you've got a bit of spare cash lying around uh, that you could um, you can contribute in a once-off donation. Maybe you've had a few good years in the share market, or you've sold a property, or you've come into windfall. Uh, and uh, you might be in a position to, to help in that way. So there are just some suggestions for you. If you wanted to fill in the form today, you can, and when the, the collection baskets come along, you can put it in there, or you can spend uh, a week reflecting and praying about it and, and bring it back next week. Uh, online parishioners, uh, similarly, you'll find that form on our website, and you can fill it, uh, fill it, on, uh, fill it online. Here's my final point. There is a, a very important spiritual benefit that comes from giving generously to God. I don't have time to explain it now, but what I will say is that you cannot outgive God. Whatever you give to God will always, always bless you far more than it costs you. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.